0: Hello and welcome to The Paper Crane, a podcast from Codes in the Clouds and a Brent Youth Productions. We are Codes in the Clouds. My name is Steve.
1: I'm Jack. I'm Kieran. I'm Joe.
0: And this week's guest is designer, writer and illustrator Emily Juniper.
1: Yes,
2: Kieran and I had a great chat with Emily and she's definitely someone... I want to have back on this podcast to talk more in-depth about her work. Because this conversation is quite all-encompassing, but there's also loads of things that we didn't bring up. We didn't bring up things like utter and press, uh, and we didn't really talk about her acting much. Uh, But, yeah, she's she's great. I'd love to have her back on uh, if she'd be willing. Uh, I first became aware of her work uh, from her collaborations with Tim Key. Uh, The two books uh, he used thought as a wife... And uh, here we go around the mulberry bush, especially the first one was such a shining light in the bleakness of Covid. Uh, And as I mentioned to Emily, it's the only book that I've heard people talk about the quality of the design as much as they talk about the content. Um, Links to both books uh, and Emily's website and utter impress uh, are in the description.
1: Yeah, and I I love listening to this. I have to confess, Mm -hmm. I I didn't know (laughs) who Emily Juniper was until Joe started to introduce me to her wanted to get her on as a guest. I'm so glad you did, Joe. Fantastic work. Although, I must say, we've got to start reining you in. I mean, you've been saying Izzy Sooty's writing is shocking. Emily, Emily, Emily Juniper's I say it
2: was shocking. studio is a mess.
1: Yeah, I mean, fair, that is fair, though. I mean, what do we have to do to rein you in, man? You're getting way right, ahead of am, yourself. Right, I'm getting
2: cheeky, as so I understand.
0: But also, Jack, don't apologise on that, because she in this interview said that she hadn't heard of us before.
1: That's true? Hold up. What? Non-Mercury prize winning band codes in the club. <laughs> non, non
0: But
2: then she non said she nominated.
0: Now she knows us, she likes us, and that's just what if that's only all the fans says. did that.
2: I just I just wish everyone that would understand that.
0: If you just yeah. knew us, we are then you'd good. like us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway, I just because I don't know anything about this person. Mm. I need some way of finding out more information. <laughs> what could that be? Come on, robot. <laughs> Emily Juniper facts. Wait. Yes. Emily Juniper is an artist, playwright,
3: illustrator and a bookbinder from Cornwall, Ooh. UK. In Emily's words, she helps <laughs> articulate stories or stage artists' works to their best advantage. She has won some great awards, including being a winner in the Best Newcomer category for the Society of Bookbinders. Emily also hosts and displays her work in a lot of exhibitions around the country, including notably having
2: works displayed at the V&A. Yeah, I've I've heard of that. Yeah, we, uh, in fact, when you'll hear us say this at the very start of the podcast, so this is, you know spoiler alert and sorry for the repetition but she, at one point she stopped emailing me back and it was because she'd been approached by the Tate to do some stuff and that was what delayed our interview by a week no or big so. no big deal yeah the no Tate's We're more not important, important
3: than us john Conkerton yeah. said our first record Rubber. was really good <laughs> <laughs> well i quit my job on that oh <laughs>
0: But just watch out, future guests, because Joe will harbour a grudge and bring it up mid-interview. Well, he'll kick Shut an interview up. off with it. But anyway, thanks, Fact Robot, for that. Calm your gears down now. Get back in the in the in the box. Uh, we'll be back at the end with some more teenage band stories, will we? Because again, I yes. haven't I haven't heard oh, these we got ones. Some good, yeah, we got some good ones. This week. Cool. So um, looking forward to this. If you want to submit more, though, and we'd love you to. Send it to info at codesintheclouds.net. Correct. Or on our socials. Yeah. At codesclouds. Yes. Uh, but for now, enjoy Joe and Kieran chatting with the brilliant and slightly chaotic <laughs> Emily Juniper. <laughs>
2: emailing me the other week because uh, the tate had got oh, in yeah. touch what was
4: that so that it was it was only a sweet little job but um mm. a bunch of artists and i don't totally understand the whole project but a bunch of artists have been doing some uh like six months research looking at what rivers kind of mean in a community we've got lots okay. of poetry and music about odes to beautiful rivers, but actually most waterways that you live near are full of shopping trolleys and are sort of polluted small spaces.
3: Especially right. in south-east London. Especially yeah. in
4: south-east London. <laughs> ah, whereabouts in south-east London?
2: Uh, I'm in Greenwich at the moment.
4: Oh, yeah. I used to live in Catford. Oh, did you
2: really? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Practically
4: neighbours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, is that, is that where like, you grew
2: up? In I grew up in London. Somerset. Right, OK.
4: Um... But this project's been looking at rivers, and the, and it's culminating in a, an event where, and one of the guys involved is a poet, and he really wanted part of the poem to be set in, um, like hand set in lead type. It's a, it was a weird thing to jump into at the end because obviously, there've been several artists in the project, and I've just jumped in on the end, sure, to do sort of a resolve or a presentation or something but so i had to sort of hand set in eight point times new roman tiny tiny little type um a poem and then i printed it on my treadle press wow.
2: it was I mean,
4: it's a really lovely process i really like it, doing it, it sounds
2: it looks just so satisfying to oh, do it is so did you do design at school then
4: no no uh, I didn't know what. Because it, it just the hell seems like
2: you do a million different things, yes. and I, I, I want to get to the bottom of this.
4: <laughs> oh my god, you and me both. <laughs> it's like my least favorite question is when people go, "So, what do you do?" And I'm like, "I don't know."
2: I, look, I think I can figure it out. I just, want, I just want to know why.
4: <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, I feel like I had a very sort of classic career structure. It mm. went like receptionist, actor. And then right, it went sure. comedy, slutty dancer. Okay, classic. Playwright. Yep. Book artist, publisher. Yep. Or designer, or whatever it is I okay. am now. <laughs> right, okay. But they're all really so, important steps. I carry a lot of they, those jobs with me. But I mean, now.
3: receptionist aside, it's always been within the arts. So you always yeah. want to do something yeah. in art,
4: yeah. essentially. Yeah, I th- and I think... Uh, some of the emails that you were sending me in the beginning about the sort of, like, the backstage. Mm. Like, I, I think I wanted to be an actor because it was really visible. I was like, I love sure. creative. I love story. I love, like, disseminating knowledge. Theatre feels like a great place for that to happen. Mm. Um, I can see actors, so I probably want to be an actor. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, that, I want to be the thing that I'm looking at the currently. the complexity
4: yeah. of every many level... <laughs> of everything that goes into that. And yeah, like, sure. also, somewhere in my head, it's like the idea that I could write the text it didn't even occur right. to me. It's like, no one right. would say what I've written. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. It, just, it took a really long time for that to land in my head as a possibility. Um, but it was, yeah. the back, it was always the backstage of, of theatres and the rehearsal yeah. room and unpicking a script and researching around an era and finding out what yes. they're wearing, or how would they wear their hair, or what would they have been reading? What was the scientific advancement of the moment? And just like constantly, that level of d- disappearing into another world was what I loved. Mm. And yeah. I think that I've always tried to be disappearing into other worlds.
2: Yeah, I loved that on your on your website. Uh, was it? Yeah. Was it your dad that said you, you, you live in a narrative world, or oh, you live yeah. in a world of narrative only?
4: Yeah. Well, that's that's actually relates to Catford,
2: right? Oh, really? Briefly,
4: yeah. Um, when I when I bought my flat, yeah, I found this little flat in Catford, and I had, I was an actor at the time, and I was like, the only sensible thing I ever did was buy a flat when I had money and not go to Brazil. Um, right. <laughs>
5: but um, <laughs> I
4: found this little flat, and I because I put my parameters into right move and i've been like well i can either buy a garage in epping or a one-bed flat in catford and i'm like would be good to be on the central line but i probably would like a window if i'm honest
2: (laughs) Um,
4: the reason why it was so cheap was it was it had not so much time left on its lease you know like when it's under 80 years or something. Right, So yeah. as part of the purchase, I had to extend the lease, and it was really complicated. And it took, like, 11 and a half months. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And so there were lots of points when I wanted to give up. Um, mm. I was talking to my dad, and he was like, the thing is, Emily, you live in a world of narrative. So you've started this journey, and you need to give it an ending, otherwise it's just going to go mm. on and on. So he said... And it was so sweet, and I did it. He's like, get a bottle of wine, get one of your friends, go and stand outside the building and just toast that journey and that adventure. And then say goodbye to it and move on. And I did. Um, And in the end, the purchase went through. Yes. (laughs) But it was like, it was just, it's like, you know, when someone sees into you in a way that Mm. you you haven't understood before about yourself, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm always trying to make beginnings and I'm always trying to make endings and and it's it's like it's a cultural thing that we have isn't it sure
2: I think I think it is a cultural thing certainly um you know like just just the way you sort of envisage everything in life obviously the classic example would be just how you look at relationships and things like that well why isn't it going this way because you've been taught through every bit of media you consume that it's supposed to be this you know these ha- and you're meant to have these magical moments that are meant to mean something, but in reality, it's sort of, it's another day. The world, the world keeps moving. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, the sort of, the, you know, the cruelty of, um, of technology being that, you know, if I fell over and died in the shower, the shower wouldn't
4: turn off. She <laughs> <wouldn't care. laughs> <laughs> 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 Wonderful, <laughs> depressing thoughts. Horrible, isn't it? <laughs> but you're right, yeah. Yeah,
2: absolutely. But but yeah, I I love that. So you're in your um, as you call, how do you define your ill-defined creative venture? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So is so you say ill-defined because I mean you know I mean I don't want to go back to what do you do, but is it is it just because is it just your is it just your space where you just go and do?
4: So we used to have a studio on. The high street in my town, in Falmouth High Street. And it was a little shop and it had Mm -hmm. a little shop window. Um, And I remember, I got the keys. I was like, I'm high, this is my studio now. And my mum was like, What are you going to do? What are you going to sell? What is this space for? And I was like, I I can't explain it, but I think I know. (laughs) And I was just like slowly (laughs) filling it with things Mm. so that the window would have stuff I liked in it.
5: Yeah. And that meant that
4: people would come in and be like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, oh, I don't really know. <laughs> and then they'd be like, I've written some poems. Can I make them into a book? And I'd be like, yeah, probably. Why don't we have a go? <laughs> and like, just by like being really visibly m- me, I managed sure. to do, in the beginning, like a few jobs that really helped me understand what I wanted to do By doing it, I guess I say ill-defined because I like saying yes. I like it when people ask me something and I can Mm. go, huh, I haven't really thought about that, but yeah. And I think because I probably, I ping pong around and I get bored maybe quite quickly.
5: Yeah.
4: Uh, I had an an intern a couple of weeks ago and she'd approached me to say she wanted to see what it was like to run like an arts business or be an artist Mm. how does that work when she when she graduates can she do it and there's not normally anyone here to observe me <laughs> working in the way that I work which is like I'm opening a document the document's not opening in the way that I wanted to so I'm setting some type and then oh I remember there's something in a box over there that, that reminds me of this book and then oh if I folded this paper and I'm just ping-ponging around and she'd be like didn't you say there was like a deadline at midday for that Thing that you'd now stop doing because you're doing something else, and I'd be like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I'm gonna go and drive into town and I'm gonna get. And um,
2: <laughs> like day two,
4: she said, Chill. I was like, How's it going? Are you enjoying it? Is this what you imagined? And she was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I, I figured out I definitely don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh okay yeah no
2: that's fair right so you you don't you don't require like perfect order in your life do you sort of thrive in a bit of chaos e-
4: yes I don't I think <laughs> I think most of the decisions I've made in my life are to remove order right <laughs> okay. yeah. I think that's how I keep going it's right is is chaos
2: another another thing you said on your website that really resonated with me actually was about um, sorry it's my, my dog um, it's just howling in the background <laughs> love that uh, welcome uh more the merrier. Um, <laughs> it says uh i make books so we can hold on to our stories yeah now yeah i i love that because i my dissertation at university was on uh and this would have been 10 years ago i think now or maybe longer was on music in a physical form Ooh. Because throughout college and uh, university, I was working in HMV and it was that period of seeing what was effectively, you know, a record and film shop turn into basically like a gadget shop
4: Yeah.
1: and,
2: and then fail, obviously, yeah. because they didn't realise that, you know, the importance that these things have, like they, they, they are sort of part of your story. These little physical manifestations of art, you know, like books or like records, like they tie us into like a very specific moment or period and like when I would see like I would interview people for the dissertation and I would talk to like my niece at the time and I'd be looking at her iPod and it's chaos. And it's you know, it's like <laughs> you know, it's it's Jay Z, lowercase J, Jay Z, all capitals, Jay Z no hyphen. And it's just like <laughs> But it's also quite sad because that's once those files are gone like the memories are gone, and like the thing that was tying you to that time, it's like having a JPEG as a childhood toy. Yeah. Like it's the same I, reason so
3: why I, we uh, always we insist
2: on having a physical release of our album. Imagine just having a sure. digital so only good. version of our album. Absolutely. Like. So when yeah, so when yeah, when we play gigs, we always find it that someone people just want they want something. They come up and talk to us after the show. They want to buy something because they want a memory of the night.
4: It's yeah. not necessarily
2: that they you know they don't they certainly don't want to talk to us. They just they just want. Like sure a, they, they probably had a nice night with their friends, and they want a badge to yeah. remember the great night they had there.
4: I completely agree. And I was I was my boyfriend's in a band, and I was talking to him about. Mm. He was like, "What? You know, when, when are you listening to music? What music are you, are you listening to? And how are you mm. discovering it now?" And I was like, "I don't really get attached when I discover music now because it's just like plopping up on Spotify or what, like mm. it, you the the memories that I made when I was discovering bands that I liked are." you're at a festival and then you're, yes. you're hearing something and it's, a, and it's real and it's there and then you buy the T-shirt and then you
5: exactly.
4: you wear it and it's part of you. And mm. I feel like I end up listening to this sort of, like, core of old music, which mm. still matters to me because I own the, the physical things. Yes. Exactly I like, I'm right. like like remembering... I was talking to someone a while ago about, like, why, why I do what I do and I was remembering... I think it was one of the Radiohead albums where, like, you took out the disc, the plastic disc holding thing on the, in the yeah. CD and then there was, like, a whole map. Right. And, and I was like, this is great. It's like a whole object and there's hidden things right. inside it. And then, y- y- yeah, it's just, they become these wonderful mementos and they connect yeah. to the music and because music's like. Like theatre, where it's like, does it exist as the written down? But like, How do you guys record your music Do you, apart from um, this audio? Do you write it down?
2: Oh, yeah. It, well, it, it, it varies, really, because obviously through lockdown, yeah. a lot of it was we were writing in our respective bedrooms and stuff and then just sending back and forths. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, often, often like, we'll write in like rehearsal rooms and stuff.
3: Some of us in the band... Aka me, um, <laughs> I can't read or write music. Right. I'd, lo- I'd I'd love to be able to do sheet music of our music, he's, but we were. He's really also for-
2: crucially the only one in the band that's actually listed as a professional composer, signed composer. <laughs> <That's So it's, laughs> he's he's how- the king of going with his
3: gut. But we were really fortunate one year to have a. The, uh, our record label printed sheet music of one of our tracks, mm.
5: Amazing.
2: Mm.
3: and it was just like just having that on paper was just an incredible feeling. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
2: like oh. the, so, the proudest moment ever. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was incredible. It's so I totally beautiful. understand what you mean. Yeah, like
3: why? Yeah, because I get I listen to a lot of music digitally just because it's so much easier. Just yeah. to, always on my mm. phone. I've got Apple Music, Spotify. Yeah, but there's so much music. Whereas when I was paying for music, I didn't have access to thousands and thousands of bands. Mm. And that's why a lot of those records, I do cherish them because
4: yeah.
3: I spent a lot of time listening to them because I paid money for them.
4: Yeah. A lot of yeah. records
3: I wish I hadn't have paid money for. But
2: so, yeah, I totally understand why the physical is more important. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I have a stack of, like over there of like 300 CDs that I'll never get rid of. But also I don't have a CD player. Yeah. Yeah. But they're just, just you know, those, 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 that era when you're sort of forming memories. Mm. Basically, that's why I can't get into music now because gigs are frankly quite loud. <laughs> 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 and, you, I mean, and the older you get, the more annoying your friends become. I was
4: listening to some of your old podcasts, or some of the, like the mm. previous ones. And I can't remember which musician it was, but he was talking about. Um, I can't remember what the context was but he ended up just saying the phrase, you know, you just want to play really loud when you're at the water rats. And I was right, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. That's yeah, what you yeah, want yeah. you just wanted to go and be in yeah. a loud space.
2: Yeah, that was it. And
4: and, and that's it's not what I would want to do now,
2: but like <laughs> No. No, I don't think I'll ever go back to the water rats.
3: <laughs> Plus the new record we're working on is uh is a, a lot quieter than our first record. You can yeah. tell that we say we say we've matured. Okay. But it's just, we, don't, we just don't want to be really
2: loud anymore. We're all aging, <laughs> guys. All we, we've joke. matured in the I have tinnitus. <laughs> oh,
4: no. Your music's beautiful. I've been I've been listening to oh, it. I hadn't you. I hadn't heard of you guys, I'm sorry, before you got in touch. Most people haven't. I, um, I love I'm, it.
2: Okay, okay, I'm just going to press end call. <laughs> okay,
4: that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's really beautiful. It's, thanks oh, thanks
2: you. so much. It's, but, well, the question I was aiming to go for was... was uh, your inspiration, uh, when when starting your ill-defined venture, uh, <laughs> was that from seeing a, like a decline in like the physical side, or like just or noticing that, or was it nothing to do with that at all?
4: It's interesting because like it is so wishy-washy, mm. um, but I do. I think the, the the rise in digital publishing means that the physical form of the book becomes more important and Mm. the the difference with a publisher of like I'm going to print the book or I'm going to print the book interestingly becomes Mm. such a small difference between I'm going to print the book and I'm going to digitally publish it publishers have have made more interesting choices um Mm. and and thought about the binding and the materials and and we we care about provenance and where's the paper made and was it sustainable and and I and I was definitely noticing that happening, but I, I can't dismiss the possibility that I'm also a tiny bit of a control freak, right. and that when I'm writing things, I also want to stage them.
5: Right. So, oh, right.
4: so the the ill-defined, like probably the the most the object that encapsulates most what I what I've done is that I when I wrote a, a version of Medea, the Uh, Euripidean tragedy and I made it into a dress pattern so it was like an object that was a play um, which I gave to the theatre company so they didn't didn't get a script (laughs) they got a dress pattern (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I think that's because I I have got that experience of being on stage and being part of making something jump off the page and I think there's this bit of me that still wants to launch it slightly into the world be like it looks like this or, you know, this is my influence. Go, there you go. And I still want it to be a collaborative process and other people involved. Mm. But um, the, there's, there's a sort of meticulous control idea where I'm like, I want you to see where how I got here before mm. I give it to you.
2: No, sure, I, I love that. Because that, I think I said it to you in one of the emails. It was the things that really jumped out of the page when... Because obviously I discovered your work through uh, the two Tim Key books. Yeah. Um, which were such a, you know, one of the few sort of shining lights in <laughs> lockdown. Like, because th- the, uh, the first one, the blue book, uh, thought, You Thought for a Wife came out. Uh, I think I'd, I'd received it a week after Christmas was cancelled or something like that. Oh. You know, it was around that sort <laughs> of time. And, yeah. it was, and it was so nice to go through that. But those, as I said to you, it's those little extra details that make such a huge difference... For me, I don't know if it's for everyone, but I don't think there's any coincidence that, you know, these two books are the ones that that people when they're commenting on the book, they're not really mentioning Tim's work oh, at yeah, all. I know, he's they're furious. sort of like they look beautiful. <laughs> but it's those those little We got bits nominated about,
4: for a design award and he's like snakes.
2: And they're not <laughs> <they're laughs> <great>. much <laughs> But they they I mean just I think I used the exact same analogy when I was talking to you, but it's like when... Because I, like, I quite like playing board games with my friends and when there's like a new board game that I've never seen before and, you're slow, and it's slowly revealing itself to you and you realise all the little extra details that the person that's created it has put into it and just even like, you know, the weight of the pieces. It's like... The reason this game isn't so enjoyable is because the person that made it really cared about this game and was having fun doing it. And that... And that was what jumped off the page in both the books, you know, when just, you know, the simple things like the falling leaves or like the different cogs in uh, Mulberry One. It's, uh, yeah, it's so, so it, was that process all collaborative or was that all you? Did Tim, did he have a specific idea?
4: It's really, no, it's really collaborative. And like my lockdown was made lovely by having these great phone conversations. Mm. Um, and Tim sent, like the first dialogue that Tim sent me was, like him having a zoom with his parents. Right. And I was, I was just, he'd just written it, I think for, for fun. And I read it and I was like, this is exactly what everyone is experiencing. This is brilliant. Yeah. Like it's so relentlessly real. Um, yeah. and then he would, he'd be sending me things and I would be pissing myself laughing and yeah, i like, this is a book. Yeah, this is a book. And, um, Oh, the, all the falling leaves and things came from letterpress ornamentation and stuff that I have here, and that I think we're, you know, the, being really depressed about the political state of the country and like this. I how cyclical it is, and I was like, this, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to have it, everything fall and then go back to the beginning and start falling again, and, and have that move through the whole book. And Tim's like, yeah, love it, great. And I'm, and I'm, but I'm getting that from his poems and the way that he's talking about Bonson and yep. the horrific decisions that get made. And I was, mm. I was recording with someone else about the, the time illustrations, um, that mm. for, for book two. And I was like, I don't, I think what happened is to, Tim wrote, I was drawing time, like he wrote of my character that that's right. how I was coping with lockdown. And I was like, then like, well, how do I do that? <laughs> but I think he wrote that because I had been listening to, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, this, this amazing scientist, an audio book sort of like dismantling how we understand time. So I think I'd mentioned that I was listening to but time. <laughs> and then Tim wrote that I was drawing it. And then I was like, well, how the hell do I do that? And then put this sort of like lock mechanisms and... Watch mechanisms and mm. then just got like completely lost in all of those. They're just fantastic shapes yeah. and they're like t- these tiny little pieces that sort of keep us moving and going. And it just, mm. it just felt like a really perfect poetic metaphor. But I couldn't tell you, it was, I, could, I can't tell you where it starts.
2: Because, uh, I mean, and he clearly. Uh, really trust you and your work because you, you've worked together a lot. How did you start working with him?
4: Yeah, it's a great question.
2: <laughs> um, oh. Oh. She know. <laughs> yeah. I, uh,
4: I like to tease Tim because technically I was in a Perrier award-winning comedy show before him.
2: Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ah. <what> was that?
4: <laughs> so the, in like the comedy world, is quite little, um, and I was I was a comedy slutty dancer in a show for a guy called Brendan Burns. Right, so yes, yes, yes. In 2000 and something. Um, so there's that, there's like being in the comedy world. And then I lived in this like mad house in Myland um, for a couple of years. And one of my housemates was a comedian called Katie Wicks, yes, who I knew sure. from university. She's,
2: she's brilliant. Yeah, she she's is
4: brilliant. amazing. Cool. Um, and <clears throat> she was really close with Tim because he was doing stuff with cowards when she was doing stuff with Anna. So he, so he'd come to all of our crazy house parties, so I so I knew I knew him, and then when yeah. I finished I finished my MA, which was um, sounds a bit like your dissertation, you know, like talking about the, the physical mm. of of an object. And I'd done this sat- satisfying resolution, which was my my play script. It was a dress pan. I was like, this is this is what I want to do. I want to make objects that kind of perform their contents. And I was like, yeah. the greatest test of this will be if I can do it with someone else's work. And I was like, I know Tim loves design, and I also know that he, he was with Invisible Dot, um, and they had produced that, if you know the, his reci- poems and recipes
2: book. I, I know of its existence, but I don't have it, and I yeah. can't buy it.
4: No, because it was a really limited edition, really sure. beautifully made. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I had... Like, investigated and looked into a bit of their kind of design history. And I was like, I'm just going to chat to Tim. And I'd be like, Has he ever thought about having one of his stand up shows be a script? Because, like, right. but making a stand up show a script is a great challenge because you don't ever want anyone to think that is permanently on paper. You want people to think you're
5: yeah, of off the cuff, sure. and it's just it's happening. The yeah.
4: So I sort of showed him some of the things that I'd done, and I was like, What about having a go? What show are you working on? And he was doing Megadate at the time. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I like this idea. I've thought about it before, but I haven't worked. haven't like thought how it would work. Mm. Um, and at that point, I don't think the show existed really as a written down document. So he would send mm. me these audio recordings of the show, <laughs> which was brilliant. Because at the time I had a, a Norwegian intern who would type them up. And she would do things like say, uh laughter uh one minute, ten seconds, unclear for uh, unclear the reason why I <laughs> 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 like that it was really tempting to be like, well, let's print that this because this is really funny <laughs> um, but that, we were like, that's probably just for us, Just funny for sure. us. um so I, I the first thing I did with him was was mega date. this this oh, I don't right. know if you've seen this, but um
2: so I did see I your images. The I also, website, did not yeah. think it was that big.
4: Yes, really, yes. It's, <laughs> it's really big, and it's like, and it's like a massive, wow. a massive chart. And it's a little bit difficult to work out how to read and what order you read it in. So For the massive.
3: listeners, it's, it's uh, bloody massive.
4: It's like a massive, <laughs> map
2: size. It's basically, a map, yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. And the reason why is because you don't you don't want people to read along with the show while it's happening, right. so they can't. Because
2: yeah. it would be huge and cumbersome. No,
4: sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that was experiment one. Um, and then it was the playing cards. And then it was yes. the books. And I think probably this Christmas there'll be new new playing cards.
2: Right, okay. <laughs> probably. With, through, uh, through our mates at Calvert's again?
4: Oh, yeah, 100%. I would never work with any other printers.
2: They are so patient
5: (laughs) (laughs) yes yes they are they
2: they put up with my inane (gasps) questions cherry's amazing yeah
4: cherry cherry is probably my favorite but sam is a close second and
2: sure arthur I tend I tend not to. work... I mean, this is this is niche for listeners. But niche <laughs> I, tend not to I have no idea what you two are talking about. <laughs> but I, a, but I believe a printing, in you. A printing company <laughs> in London who are amazing and very friendly and basically I'm in it. And uh, so I, I'll always I'll always just ask Cherry or Arthur, who once came uh, to my office just to just to explain like different. So if it's if, if you are going to print it on this type of paper, it will look like this, Joe. <laughs> you know, <he> really <laughs> took his time with me, like a lovely it's amazing. man. Amazing, I know they're brilliant.
4: Because i I found them because I was doing a like a magazine for <clears throat> as like an eco fashion thing, and I was looking for mm. like the most sustainable printing method and the most sustainable printers, and like, that's mm. that's how I ended up finding them for this right. project. And then we were talking about that, and they were like, "Are you working on anything else?" And I was like, "Actually, I just had a meeting with." A comedian about doing a deck of playing cards, and I don't totally know how to achieve that. And they were like, "Oh, who?" And I was like, "Tim Key." And it was it was with Sam, and Sam was like, "I love Tim Key." Oh, we'll oh. do, we'll help you with that. And I was like, "Oh, okay, great." And at oh. a at a chance point in that meeting, I mentioned this paper that I liked, um, and then Cher- Cherry went off and just came back and was like, "Is this it?" And I was like, "Yes." You have like an encyclopedic knowledge. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Of
4: paper. oh Hallelujah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know I feel I sometimes feel so silly when I'm talking to or just like I know nothing. I don't know. (laughs) like when if they ask me a question like go with your gut. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun with it, guys. But you
4: should you know, you you know, you you'll know a lot of things about what you do. You don't need to know how to how it prints, but you have an appreciation for what it will
3: look like. It sounds like you two are trying to convince yourself. No, we're
4: we're trying to get Calvis to sponsor the podcast. (laughs) Um (laughs) Service with a smile at Calvary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, so when it comes to writing then, is, is that the space that you work in to write? Or do you, do you need... Uh, I don't want to be rude. A tidier place.
4: <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Ow.
2: Let's just say, okay, less chaotic background.
4: No. Um, I haven't written anything for ages, this oh, is, really? is the sad truth.
2: Um, do you not feel like you need to?
4: Yeah, I do. But it, what I what I like, what I need, it doesn't necessarily. It's not necessarily about mess, physical mess, mm, which sure. I appreciate. is very visible, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> uh, it's about a window of time when there are no demands on me.
2: Right, sure, and that
4: just hasn't happened because I started a publishing house and yeah. I, there's one of me. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I don't have, there's always some, there's like little bird going, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. And I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> sure. um, And the, the times when I've written and enjoyed it is when I can have, even if it's not, even if it's slightly not real, but like the sense that I don't need to do anything else. Mm-hmm. And I like to get lost in researching something, and yeah, it's been—it's been like some of my plays have been performed recently, and it's reminded me. Yeah, I do do that actually. i have written stuff, yeah.
2: (laughs) I remember that person. Yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So I really would like to. Well, what was so? What was the work you did with? uh,
2: Was it the Faction Company?
4: Oh yeah. So yeah. So the Faction. Uh, a theatre company based in London and they do um kind of reworkings of classics. That's yeah. and that's who I did Medea with. So that was a commission. Right. Oh, cool. It's like can you can you write a version of Medea? And that was they did this series of shorts. So that the whole mm. play, um you have to do the whole play, but you have one actor in 20 minutes. Right. And so I was like, oh, oh wow. Well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, guys. It's quite characters. (laughs) Yep. But so it's uh, they do it was like it was it was a great season because it kind of like gave gave people windows into lots of amazing Mm. plays. And it was a brilliant challenge because I was like, how do I do this? How do I possibly condense this horrific play into 20 minutes? So what I did was I and that's why it became a dress pattern, was Mm. I made Medea have a sort of dialogue with the dress that she uses to kill. Her right. rival, so the dress became this character, um, and that's why it ended up having its own dress pattern because it was right. it was real. But like I, d- yeah, I haven't had a commission from them for a while.
2: Oh right. <laughs> I not brought them up? Do I need
4: to? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, <laughs> theatre's not been happening, you know. Oh mm. yeah, that's no, of So that's probably why. Um, is
2: it is it important to you? to have because obviously like playwriting isn't necessarily a physical thing and I suppose it's it's almost like is it ever really finished
4: yeah how does how does a play exist it's a brilliant question
2: but you but you also have like the the physical outlet as well which is the obviously the majority of stuff having that it like you know unquestionably the books you've worked on are finished. At least I hope they're finished.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all right,
2: yeah. <laughs> I hope I haven't yeah.
4: bought incomplete book. <laughs> yeah, but, w- okay, when you've released a song...
3: No, nope, never finished. Yeah, no, we, no, have no. Re- we have reworked all of our songs so oh, many times. Not, not to Bob Dylan levels, but, you know, they're still recognisably the original yeah, songs. But, but, but we don't play them how we ever originally wrote them or recorded them.
4: And what yeah. is that because you see things that you want to... Um, improve in your mind or is that because you see things that or you're, you've got new influence and you want to kind of like translate a, a part, a portion of it with, with uh, new eyes or new ears? I think
3: it's more the former. We don't, it's never, like Joe said, it's still quite similar but it's more like I'll discover a new sound that I think sounds yeah. better than a previous sound. Yeah. Um Or I think it, yeah, it's just I've. I don't, I don't have to use. I don't have to use an old Casio keyboard on stage anymore because I'm, it's not 15 years ago, and I've got really <laughs> nice synths that make better sounds, etc. Yeah, so
2: that's. Sorry, that's, that's just reminded me to change the subject slightly. Like, that's just reminded me of playing a gig <laughs> once <laughs> when you had your Casio keyboard, <laughs> and uh, we, it was an in-store, but they didn't have like a PA. But we're an instrumental band, so we don't need a PA. We would just have the amps and the drums or whatever. But that meant he had nothing to plug his keyboard into, and one song starts with piano, and he starts playing, and it's really quiet, and the audience laughed. It was such a moment. <laughs> and we
3: once, and that Casio keyboard also had a demo button, uh, <laughs> and I, uh, I play, I pressed that a couple of times on stage. <laughs> yeah.
2: oh, time. But
3: I don't have to worry about that anymore because no, we I've don't have to worry about that. None of the instruments I own have a demo button anymore. No,
2: so.
4: <clears throat> well done. You've really graduated. your
2: <laughs> That's that's how you know you're a real musician. <laughs> if it doesn't have the DJ button, you're good. <laughs> it doesn't have the it
3: doesn't have the letters of the notes written on the keys anymore.
4: Oh, you but so. you really do know what you're doing then. It's <laughs> <laughs> still wow. got little stickers to. Yeah. Color coded. But, no, yeah, but yeah, it's more <laughs> exactly. about
3: it's it's more about reworking the sounds than yeah. Mm. Yeah, the entire song as a piece, or trying to change genre. We never, we've never tried to like turn into a reggae piece or a a classical piece. And I
4: I think it's really similar with visual things. It's like Mm. if if you've landed on something that you you know accidentally works, you Mm. like it, but the temptation is to go back and be like, well, test it, push it. Does that? Does it still work Mm. if I do this? Or you know, can I? You know and deadlines mean that things get finished to meet the deadline but the idea and the process doesn't stop that you still you're still keeping working in your mind and what you're doing and i think actually it's actually it's quite helpful that there are there aren't endings for Mm. projects i mean (laughs) for my chaotic mind like (laughs) like often because i do i teach a bit on um, at the university in various arts Mm. courses and i students are often working towards their final project or their dissertation Mm. and then they're like and then it's finished and i'm like it doesn't that's just the point where you show what you've done the idea is not over yet like your line of inquiry isn't finished it's like here you are this is this is what you can look at now but i'm you're going to keep moving with it and you're going to keep exploring it
3: do you ever look at do you ever look at older pieces of work and that you really still like or appreciate but wish that you knew certain techniques that you know now back then and oh
4: a hundred percent part of the problem of being fingers in many pies you know like I'm printing I'm bookbinding, I'm box making I'm production managing and you know like it means that I, I can maintain little bits of knowledge in all of these areas but then you exactly what you're just saying is like I relook at something and I go oh, if I'd been better at sewing techniques and binding when I made this it would still be really beautiful or if I had you know, and it yeah, it's like putting a different hat on and then examining the project and being like right with my <clears throat> box making brain I could do this better and that's more like mm. the engineering thoughts of corners and hinges and moving and or with my <clears throat> paper head on like would there have been a nicer material for me to work with mm. so I definitely do that like re, re-look and I think that's one of the downsides of not having a real specialism—not <laughs> <laughs> really anything. So, with with things like
2: uh, you know, like setting and stuff like that, is that it seems so precise, but is that just like what, like other art forms, and where the mistakes can almost make it?
4: I can't tell you the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I had a really, I had a really interesting conversation with. Uh, a fellow designer yesterday, where um, I'd been asked to ma- colour match on some, like, some typography for a photo. It's mm. like, the artist wants the letters to be the same colour as the eyeshadow. I'm like, okay, fine. ah, like, oh, well, the eyeshadow is a colour of many, you know, like within within the photo, mm. many many colours, and framed by the skin colour of the artist. But the type is going to be on a very different colour background. Mm. So you have to work out a way of creating a match of colour that doesn't just come from drop-picking it because
5: yeah.
4: it will read really differently on the other background. And I called up my friend, he's a really good designer, and I was like, how do I, how do, I do this? There's got to be, like, a, a way, right? An equation or, like... I can't be the first person to come across this problem. And he was like, yeah, it's by eye. Just do it by eye. Right. And I was like, yeah, OK. So then I spent a day being like upping one number taking down another number like just just trying to find the 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 perfect level but it is definitely by eye and I one of my kind of favorite things to do is I I love old books on letterpress and typography I love Mm -hmm. them and because you're like I'm constantly looking for this answer this mathematical way of solving problems because then you can just walk through jobs and be like, "I know the formula <laughs> um, there's no formula it's all by eye you know like you, you the relationship between letters is you're reading them and you're looking at them and you have an instinct of when it looks right and you have an instinct of when it looks wrong or when it looks jarring and you're trying yeah. to make something almost like you're trying to make something really beautiful, but almost invisible, so that the thing that it's communicating is what the reader ends up with.
3: How often do you think that you're the only one that notices those things?
4: Uh, no, I know. I know a lot of the people who notice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, the 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 the, list, the, you know, the listener yeah. won't won't notice. But I'm not thinking about the listener. I'm thinking about that the arrogant guy in that band <laughs> that I don't like. He'll notice it.
4: Yeah. You know. But it's what, it's what you notice, isn't it? I think that's, yeah, exactly. that's the thing. And that's where you end up returning to work, because you're like, oh, yeah. it really annoys me that that happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> So there, do you have any... Because it
2: seems like your life is fairly full of various You're like, basing that on pursuits. the
4: messy background. Sorry,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, your room is fairly full. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> do you but do you have like do you have uh but all your work i think just to to, to me just sounds like a just a dream life is just a, just a wonderful outlet to have do you have like non-creative outlets that you enjoy
4: who's got time no <laughs> Really. Struck uh, in the dog yeah i mean having a dog is great because that means that mm. i walk down to the sea every morning and sure that's really nice that's a really good point of the day. But I definitely have I mean, I definitely have non-creative non-creative <laughs> pursuits. What do I do? What do I do with my time? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whole days pass and I've just been having ping pong ideas around my space. Sure. You um, like ping
2: pong? That's fine.
4: I don't like ping pong. No sports. No sports whatsoever. No, Tim writes me as a character who knows a lot about sport. My mum will say right. things like, When did you see that player. <laughs> how do you know who that footballer is? And I'll be like, I don't, mum, it's not real, it's not real, that isn't me.
2: <laughs> so are the, are the the conversations in the books between uh, you and Key, are they uh, all fabricated? How, how based on truth are they?
4: Sometimes they're eerily based on reality. Right. But a lot of the time they're very fabricated
2: sorry <laughs> no they're br- yeah because I mean because I didn't know what to expect when talking to you because sometimes you can come across as uh, oh, wow. a bit passive-aggressive or- <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> but it's great it's it works so beautifully <laughs> uh in the book I, I listened to him on uh, Adam Buxton just this morning and he read out the Harry Kane poem oh and I was so <laughs> in tears <laughs> it's
4: so funny that was a really late addition to the book oh really yeah yeah because because with the with the poems obviously he's writing them all the time that's like his mm. practice that's how he's working and understanding the world and so there gets to a point in the process where calverts are like can we print right and I'm like whoa, 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 hold off <laughs> Because Tim's emailing me going, I've got a new poem. And I'm like, this is going to change the layout. This is really difficult. You can't just slop it in. Arthur, um, don't
3: press the button.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Because
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it cha- you know, changes things, like the contents list. Of course, cool, you know.
5: yeah.
4: Um, so I have to make this put this sort of like battle where I'm like, I'm producing this and I've got to make it happen to the certain deadline, but mm. there's work happening and it's really good work. And i part of the reason why you work small scale and you do things yourself is that you can say, actually, yeah, we can change a page now
2: mm. because
4: that poem, it destroyed me when I read it. It was so funny. <laughs>
2: um, it's, it's, it's the, uh, <laughs> he points and says football. That would, <laughs> just, that kills <scares> me. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I've with the two books they, they, they join up yeah. if you hold them together.
4: Yeah, I'm glad you noticed know this. Thank
2: you. How did you plan that beforehand? Did you have a second
4: book in mind? We didn't know that there was gonna be a second book. We didn't know that the first book was gonna be as like popular as it was. Like mm. we would And we didn't know that there was gonna be like a million lockdowns. But you know sure. the Blueback <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blue book was gonna be like <coughs> book one but we, you know, I guess we didn't think of it as book one. But um, hmm. no, that was a, a, the drawing that's on the cover of the the blue book was a really big drawing. Right, I worked okay. on it for quite a long time, and so it had become enormous. And then I was like, I like this crop. Actually, the crop is nice.
2: Right. Okay. And so
4: I think when there was book two, I, I was like, I can go, I can go back to that, and I can look at the the way that it was bigger and play with that a little bit
2: oh okay so that so this is so that's a complete thing
4: yeah it,
2: just i'm noticing this guy is yeah. curving off the page yeah. a bit so i've just what we got three and happened? four a very wide book three what's happening yeah well i was saying
4: <laughs> <laughs> i was you know yeah there could be there's, there's room there's potential isn't there i don't really i don't want another pandemic though guys
2: but hey, he can just write just about things being nice. Yeah. Oh,
4: yeah.
2: That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks once again to Emily Juniper for her time. She was such a pleasure to talk to. And someone whose just talent I'm just in complete awe of.
3: Mm. Yeah, like, honestly, I mean? it was so good speaking with her. I know we say it to all mm. of our guests,
1: but I'd genuinely <laughs> love to have her back on at some point. <laughs> she just seemed like so much fun. Like I just want to have a beer with her. Like, yeah, I'd love to. Tomorrow. And also, I've never been to Cornwall.
2: <laughs> like to, to Cornwall. I'd like to go to Cornwall. It looks great. I'd like to go to yeah. Cornwall and well, have a beer with Emily J. It sounded an yes, interesting
0: please. scene. And she's got <laughs> like, a dog. There was all dog. kinds... Yeah, well, the dog, the dog was excused at one point. But yeah. there, was, I think was, was it the dog crashing around with a plate or something? In the yeah, background?
2: did I did I I don't remember if I left in the explanation. Basically, the dog was like as hungry or thought it was hungry and was just picking up its bowl and chucking it on the floor.
3: Like, she, what yeah, what it, you think
2: it, is someone working in the background is dog? Yeah, it's yeah. not as
0: a dog. <laughs> She's what Adult. in a, a few years ago she would have been known as an absolute stonewall chaotic good <laughs> top right of the meme <laughs> yeah she had like, she had a great energy like i loved just even the, the roundabout way she was going about describing her work you see yeah. how her great yeah, yeah, mind yeah. Is, is sort of just fires in a in a different pers- to, from a different perspective to, Absol- to no absolutely sort of she's yeah. she
2: is she's one of those people that can she can have 10 projects going on at the same time yeah, uh, which is not how my brain functions. I get stressed if I have to do two things. It seems like yeah. she thinks
0: about things in exactly the way I love an artist to think about stuff. Like she yeah. questions the absolute fundamentals. Like to 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 with a straight face, just say, you know, how does a play exist? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah she uh,
2: honestly, she was brilliant, uh, and she she was a proper laugh, and also, and like we and we've spoken to her. Since and you know, I'd I'd love uh, outside of the podcast. I'd love Codes to do some stuff with her. Combining her work with music would be really interesting, and that'd be yeah, great. So I'm, I I hope that this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship.
0: Aww. Joe, um, are you are you feeling all right at the moment about this Casio laughter story on stage? It's come up a couple of times in the last few apps.
1: Yeah,
0: oh, uh, what, what think about... about it? A lot.
1: Are you all right? Right,
2: yeah, no. It's just, it's it's just something that I think I do think about it a lot, but but mostly because I think it's funny. Yeah, because <laughs> I just it's the fact that because also because like crucially for just to give listeners some context, so we played an install gig uh, and there was no PA. Oh no, they've just heard the story, haven't they? Sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. God, stop telling everyone sorry, that story. Sorry. No, but the reason it's funny is because it, the song, if if for any completists out there, is a song called "Don't Go Wash in This Digital Landscape," and that was probably our more our most popular song at that time, and it was the first time I'd ever experienced going to play in front of a room full of strangers a song starting and then people cheering going yeah because that's the song they wanted to hear whereas in Mm. this environment people (laughs) laughed (laughs) (laughs) and that's really fun speaking of
0: of cringy band memories
2: well, yes. So, I mean, I obviously mm-hmm. put that up there with mine uh, for my my band with the shit name Codes in the Clouds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so, some classic band names for anyone that hasn't heard, you'll pick it up quite quickly. Uh, Martin simply sent in these absolute Buttes, but he did want to make clear uh, that he didn't come up with any of them. But oh, okay, he, they, these were bands. In that, these were bands mitigating that he himself. Uh, and which also leads me to believe that these are bands That played gigs in front of people Yeah uh, So Crescendo <laughs> Oh <laughs> yes
1: Okay Oh yes
2: <laughs> Exclamation mark on the end of it No 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 All, all, all spelled I normally I think I think it's very oh. serious <laughs> uh, This I, I don't know why this one really makes me laugh But it does Every Which <laughs> 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 do, I do really enjoy One it. word uh, One word.
1: <laughs> I bet they were like a real kind of classic pub rock band, you know? Everyone. Sort of everyone happy, middle I mean, of the road. I mean,
2: just, there's just no aspiration there, is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and The Songsters, which, you know, very <laughs> sort of, you know,
1: on the nose. I can't believe that's not already a band name. From I can imagine like the it 50s. Must, it must the it be, Songsters. yeah. It must
2: be. When I was talking to Kieran uh, about, the, about these band names, uh, Kieran couldn't believe there's not a post-rock band already called Crescendo. I mean they we must, played I d- actually no I was going to call out another band that we have played with but they had the word ambient in their name I'm like we get it, <laughs> <Why> <laughs> it are you Sounds describe, like, why are you describing your music in your name
1: yeah well it's like a band where English isn't their first language and they start a post-rock band They're, no it's us give it an English name <laughs> and they come something like they google like crescendo or the whatever. Like, oh, that's so bad. this is the danger of being a
0: dictionary band as Joe likes to call them Yeah. when you then the go and tour the country from which you've yeah you've, yeah, like, yeah yeah, yeah.
2: We'd be guilty of being dictionary, not dictionary, but maybe some dictionary song titles in the past. But <laughs> yeah. We won't admit it because we're still in this current band and we play those songs live. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an- another friend of the show, previous guest, uh, <laughs> the, pro- the protege <laughs> of um, Quincy Jones himself. Uh. All right. Was it yeah. is in a was in a band? Sorry, this should be good. Uh, this is Ollie Howell, previous guest. Uh, was in a band called Cannon Fodder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I actually think this sounds wicked. They used to open their shows uh, by doing a, a loud version of uh, the Monkey Island theme. I'd be, oh. I'd be in, I'd be in the pit for that. <laughs> That's, That's great. a great theme.
0: But if you're going to go computer games, and you're called Cannon Fodder do Canon fodder, it's more obvious. Do fodder? Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the genius of it yeah.
2: <laughs> no, it can't be that obvious guys um, <laughs> but I'll leave you with this last one from Scott which, uh, which I really enjoyed uh, my very first band name was The Spins because just after one of our earliest practices my mate Simon was driving us along a country road near my parents place Approaching a slight rise, Paul, who was in the back, said, Speed up for the jump, Simon. Which, for some reason, he did. (laughs) Except the rise immediately went into a corner. We narrowly avoided hitting an an oncoming car, and then went into a spin downhill. I see. Okay. Uh, Apparently, I was shouting, Stop the car, Simon. We came to a rest in a ditch... Uh, Perpendicular to the road A car full of old folk crawled past us But didn't stop They looked disgusted (laughs) We we had to get my dad To pull the car out of the ditch A couple of days later We chose the spins as our name At our first gig Which was in my dad's barn Perfect uh, (laughs) Another friend of ours Decided that he was going to go on stage And introduce us he asked if we'd chosen a name yet. <laughs> to, to which I replied, uh, The Spins, uh, provisionally. My mate then confidently got on stage and introduced The Spins provisionally.
1: <laughs> I love... That is lovely.
2: I love that so much. That's exactly the sort of thing. I'll I love like.
1: the element of danger in that story. That, yeah. that really yeah, very heightens the, uh, the interest. Love, yeah. Very Kanye. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, nice. through the through the Astra, maybe it was one of their songs I don't
0: know I love these the I love these from people. I'd be happy if the podcast was an hour of these stories. I love
2: it <laughs> yes same. please listeners
0: keep sending these in i I adore them and
2: uh, do you know what we want to make your old bands big we want, yeah. we want to get them yeah. out there to the people well i want to, well, um,
0: really what I want to do is travel back in time and be twenty. And seeing yes, these, actually, seeing these gigs,
2: yeah, a being in these bands, I'd love to be in the spins. Just <laughs> after being in a car accident where everyone was fine,
0: in my I quite mind, like the name of the Spin. In my mind, we just put the spins on at the at the paper crane bar. Oh, <sighs> yes, that's how I'm ah. framing this feature. Yeah,
2: oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We put it on to test the PA because uh, <laughs> because um Fodder are coming in for their sound check in <laughs> half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway thanks to everyone who sent those in please please keep them coming Uh, we love them so much Um, what's the email address Kieran?
1: info at codesintheclouds.net
2: Jack any social medias you want to give us?
1: oh yeah I've, I've got some yeah at codes clouds the yes. only social media account you need to know about it's the only one that counts <laughs> it's the, only the one original that and the best <laughs> so yeah we'll get some more of that correspondence next week who do we have on next week
0: next week's guest is charlie barnes a musician in his own right a brilliant yes. musician in his own right and a touring member of bastille
2: as in no. genuine pop stars, yeah,
0: yeah, and <laughs> pop oh, band. Got, and he's got some great stories about. Yeah, that about guy that.
2: lives two two different musical lives. He's. A, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing this. I wasn't on this one again, so mm. sorry, Joe fans. We should, <laughs> we, should,
0: we should we should ask him about some about some teenage band memories. i we'll just contrast have it some. contrast it with being on stage with Bastille touring. the world. That's a great <laughs>
2: idea. Yeah, let's uh, nice. let's try and get some from him for next week. Uh, But until then, guys, uh, just remember that paper is what happens when you're busy making other cranes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting to like him now. This is lovely.